and welcome to Historical Mysterious with Ian and Jay. I'm Ian. And I'm Jay. And how was your week, Jay? Uh, my week was fantastic. Easy going. I uh, went out with some friends the other night. Did something productive and social for the first time in a good bit, so that was fun. How was your week? It was pretty good. Oh, and as a note, uh, we have a previous guest host and my Ooh. best friend here, Shandell. Say hi. Hello. <laughs> um, and I'm sure, you know, listeners who have listened to our show before, you know, if you listen to our episode, you know her voice well. Familiar. How was your week? Tell <laughs> us all about it. My week was good. It was a very, very busy week. I think I'm in the second week of school. Ugh. So classes have been crazy. I'm an accountant major, so um, I'm kind of getting up there with, you know, my the... my junior level classes and hard uh, homework assignments and all of that. A lot of math, I can assume. <laughs> well, actually, I'm done with math, believe it or not. Except, you know, oh, there's, lucky, there, right? there's some math and, you know, accounting, but it's nothing that you would <clears throat> consider. It's not calculus, basically. I'm Got it. calculus, luckily. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah, I would real. crash and burn. I barely, I crashed and burned in, like, Math 105. Really? The most basic thing ever. That was just, like, barely scratched by with a C minus. That's, like, the one class that I got, um, like, above 100% in. Really? Not. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah, I've, I've always been decent at math. I don't... Yeah, I don't know how, but yeah. Math was never. <laughs> yeah, math was never my strong suit either. Uh-uh. I was more of an essay writer, history, oh, English. No. I don't really no. like essay writing, honestly. Mm-hmm. I don't. I'm good with words. I'm very articulate. Yes, you are. Yes. But uh, math and numbers, no. Math and numbers math just makes sense to me. When they started, I started to lose track of math when they started introducing numbers into it around middle school. Yeah. Or no, did, I, I checked out after that. I was or, done. Or that imaginary number shit. Imaginary no, 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 no. No, we're not doing it. You told me I couldn't have imaginary friends anymore, but I have to have imaginary numbers. No, 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 no. No, ma'am. I'm out. Um. All right. Well, that's okay. Busy with school. Yeah. How's your husband? He's good. He's busy with school also. Uh. Yeah. That's. I mean, that's basically our life right now. <laughs> Nothing. Well, you have to co-host another episode sometime. Yeah. Like uh, during uh, Christmas break or something. Or summer break. Or summer break. Yeah. 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 Summer break, I guess, technically is closer. Yeah. Yeah. Or spring break. Yeah. Or spring break. There you go. Yeah. Do you really want to devote that whole week to do a podcast episode, though? Well, we'll see. I may be going to Seattle. Oh, nice. If I do that, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're in Pullman, Washington. Eastern Washington. So Seattle's not that far. Yeah. No. Is it eight hours away? Eight hours. It's about five. I thought it was oh. like five or six. Like three or four. Whoa. Whoa. I mean, I'm How used to driving, driving? <laughs> into Texas where the speed limit is 80 miles an hour. Oh, and it's a yeah. much bigger state. So. I've honestly only driven to uh, Seattle once from here, and it was in the snow, so I think it probably did take eight hours then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially yeah. on the uh, pass. Yeah. Oh, that's terrifying. Yeah. No, ugh. Yeah, I did it once, and it was like in the sunshine and everything. It took me about six hours. And at the end, when you get to the get to Seattle, and you just met with a shit ton of traffic, and you're just like, I just want to get there. And it takes about an hour to get into actual Seattle itself. And you're like, I traveled all this way to wait at the gates of Seattle almost. Yes. <laughs> I was just like, this is great. <laughs> man, but, man. With the population rising, I was just thinking about like what it's going to be like in ten years from now to like travel to those big cities. Oh my oh, goodness! Man. Oh, an wow. overnight endeavor. <laughs> I don't. That's actually a fear that I have. I have a like legit fear of population growth because it's growing exponentially. Oh, yeah. 
I don't know why anyone else doesn't have that fear. I don't know. I think everybody does kind of have it. It's just kind of an underlying thing. And it's also something that if you do delve into it too much, it gets kind of freaky. And so people don't really delve into it too much. And I think a lot of people think like, oh, I'm not going to be here in like what, a hundred something years. So they're like, I don't have to deal with that population growth. Their purview is very in the, of the immediate. Yes. You know, in the immediate future, not the long run. I don't know. I don't even think of it as being that long. Of a run, you know, like I really. Think oh yeah, that too. Ten years, Definitely. it's gonna be yeah. insane. Oh yeah. Like traffic, like oh. we need to have hover cars like, real soon, <laughs> right. so we can just like, you know. Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. Speed over that shit, like in Fifth Element. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, I've never watched Fifth Element. Oh my god! I, I, I did it no for a little bit either. <laughs> oh wait, <laughs> neither of you seen well, Fifth no, Element. No, you showed it. To I showed me. it to you. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. You haven't seen it? No, you got. Oh my god, Bruce Willis at his finest. Okay. <laughs> I mean, and, other than Die Hard and Mila Jovovich, not, M- Mila Jovovich. Yes, yeah, it's not Jovovich, it's Jovovich. I think right? you don't. I think Wait, so. I thought okay. that was the one that Jim Carrey was in. No, no. What? what? I, there's a girl with blue hair in Jim Carrey. That is that Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind, and that's Kate Winslet. I don't know why I mix those oh. two together. And well, she has orange hair in the fifth element. Well, yeah, they both have uh, discolored yeah, hair, so you just switched them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gotcha. like, oh, they have fucked up hair. <laughs> That's all I know. That's all I know. Yeah. Does it have Kirsten Dunst? Yes? Okay, great. Um, anyway. Um, oh, also, speaking of which, uh, for my week, you know, since you guys asked. Yes. Yeah. Okay, no. <laughs> uh, I showed Jay this new Netflix movie, uh, Open House. Yes. And it has the guy who's the main character from 13 Reasons Why. And he is the son of this mom, and they move to this house that's up for sale, but they're living in it because they need a place to stay. I'm not going to give everything away. But it, it, it fucked me up. It was a yeah. good movie. It was scary. I showed Jay. It was good. Like, it was, what yeah. kind of scary? Like, suspenseful or ghost uh, or Not ghost, crawlies? but sca- thriller scary. Uh, not yeah. ghost, though. Like, uh. You're thinking ghost the whole time. <clears throat> Slight spoiler alert, thought, but it's not. Oh, I was thinking it was just someone had... Is that a spoiler? It's called Open oh, House. You guys, you guys are... <laughs> You didn't, I like how you're like, did I spoil it? And you hadn't said nothing. <laughs> but anyway, um, and then also the same, I, last night, right? J- you tried to show me the disaster. Yes. Of it. And now, but also Shandell, you told me, you told <gasps> you me. Yes. Okay. Yes. Cause weeks ago, Shandell, you told me that, uh, you wanted to show me the disaster artist, but I had to watch the room first. Yes. You have to watch the room first, and I told Jay that, and Jay's like, "Well, not really, you could," and be like, "But so he showed you have me like on a YouTube." Special connection yes, to it, very though. True. If you watch the room first, you just Ag- do. agreed. Now that he yeah. showed me this, because Jay did show me. He didn't show me the whole movie of the room first, but he did show me um, a lot of the key parts. A YouTube video that was 15 minutes long, yeah. or something like that. Highlighted that had all key the key p- highlighted all were parts. Were you blushing the iconic. entire time? Were you just <laughs> I like, was like, oh, "This no. is so <laughs> fucking terrible." Yeah. I'm like, where's the sex in all this movie? Because this is bad oh. porn. No, I didn't, oh. I didn't get to show him the sex scenes either. I wanted to. That, I wanted to find the sex that scenes. That is like 50% of the movie. <laughs> it really is. That's it why is. I was so shocked it wasn't on YouTube. Yeah. I was like, what? Oh, I mean, no, that's the, why. The whole movie is on YouTube. It just has like some Spanish subtitles or something, which you can get through. Like, Oh, that's phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. I showed uh, my husband it like right before we watched The Disaster Artist, and I found it on YouTube. By the way, that was me drinking red wine. Shandy brought it over, so. Yes, 19 yes. Crimes is amazing red wine, just so you guys know. Especially when they're being committed in my stomach. Yeah. Oh. Can I have some more, please? <laughs> yes. Thank you. But um, anyway, I, long story short, he showed me these clips of The, the room. room on YouTube, and it was just 
the most. Oh, sorry. I totally grazed your boob just now. Sorry. Oh, you're good. Anyway, um, but I was the most ridiculous thing I'd ever seen. You know, like most people would agree, I imagine. And then you show me the disaster artist, and I understand it's like a a mock up of how the room was made. Oh, yeah. It's like a better quality movie of how a crap movie was made and stuff. Two questions. (laughs) Number one. Who cared enough to make a documentary about a shit movie? There are so many shit movies that you can make a documentary about. No, but this is the worst. This is and yeah, the worst movie of all time. I, you that's know what how many it, worst movies. Of no, all but time that there that is like widely in. accepted by a lot of people. Like the room is like the pinnacle of bad movie. Like I mean, I would agree. I would movie. agree. I mean, even the tidbits I saw, I would agree. I mean, yes, his acting was terrible. Exactly, all the acting was oh, terrible, but it, his you was just, just watch it in full. Oh I, my god! I feel like yeah, you I, like have the feeling that you need to have about this movie. I think so. And, but the disaster artist, I don't know. I, I'm i not going to say anything bad about it because I can't. I don't have a And you fell asleep during because it. Because I fell asleep halfway. during it. I fell asleep like it was seven, through. It was like six at night. And I was like, I'll show you the disaster artist. And I look over and it's like the quarter way through. And I'm just like, oh, he's asleep. He's asleep. <laughs> I fell asleep. So I can't technically talk shit on it because no. I didn't Wait, watch it. Okay, guys, this is but... coming from a guy that doesn't like Game of Thrones either. So you know what? Yeah. <laughs> my thing. Thank okay, you. Absolutely. All right. All right. <laughs> so we know just, his tastes. <laughs> yeah, just because I didn't watch Game of Thrones. There's plenty of people that didn't watch Game of Thrones. All two of you. Yep. Well, no, there's plenty of people. They're in there, but they're in like the remote parts of Africa and Australia that don't have technology. But they are there. Just because they don't have technology doesn't mean they don't count, Jay. Don't be fucking horrible. Anyway. <laughs> it's my fault. Oh. <laughs> But uh, see, I flipped it back on you. Wow, I feel attacked. Um, <laughs> you deserved <Yeah>. it. <laughs> Whatever. I was the one who did the attacking, but hey. <laughs> I, I flipped it on you because I'm a gentleman. I'm not going to attack a lady. <laughs> Wait, going, okay, so we're going back to Ian's terrible taste in movies. Continue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So basically, I fell asleep, so I can't talk shit on it because I don't know. And and we were going to... Oh, sorry. What? We were also going to watch something afterwards. The something, the killing of a sacred deer, which I totally watched. Oh, and it was Nicole really... Kidman. It's I want to watch Kidman. that, Have you seen it? That's the one I would not have fallen asleep during. You should have shown me that I, first. No, I think it had the same pace. I I'm mean, fucking obsessed with Nicole Kidman, though. So. And it's so... Ooh, it's, it's good. I've I liked been, it. Uh, no, I've been obsessed with Nicole Kidman... Since Practical Magic, 1998. Oh. Fans of her know what I'm talking about. Yes. Fans for life. Yes. I love her. She is our our generation's Grace Kelly. All right. Anyway, she also played Grace Kelly in a movie. I mean, it wasn't like the greatest movie ever, but it was glamorous. But she played it, yeah. Yeah. It was glamorous. It was glamorous, yeah. Anyway, so that was my week. Any other weekly catch-up comments? Oh, boy. Nah. Nah, nah, no. nah, son, nah. It's been pretty cut and dry week. Working a lot, yeah. Yeah, working a lot. I, I, again, I told you I, I got that food prep thing so I can actually start cooking once in a while and learn how to cook. So yes. that'll be interesting. That'll be interesting. Blue Apron, right? Blue Apron, yeah. yeah. So I was like, I'm I was really excited. What you okay, I want to okay, give it. They're not that. sponsoring us, so let's not. Uh, oh, hey, you're right. BP. Should, Wait, but... no, that's even worse. We should say BP. <laughs> say what? Oh, Blue Apron. Blue A. Oh, BA. BP. Oh, okay. If you I, say if you I say the know. acronym, it doesn't count, it doesn't right? Count? Yeah, sure. But they already, but we already explained it, so it kind of counts. Oh no! I'm just saying they're paying enough podcasts, so we don't need to give them free press. You're right. I'm, that's I'm just saying. <laughs> all right. I'm not, I'm not cooking it. anything. I'm eating ramen all the time. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. All right. So um, as every week, it is historical, mysterious, history's first. So and your history, Jay. So please. I am. 
kick off our show. All what, right. What, what is your history this week? My uh, history is the history of cinema. So I figured with Oscar season all kicking off and everything that oh, I yeah, can that's maybe... True. Do a history of cinema. When I first said I'll do history of cinema, your eyes got very big, and I was like, and you're like, that's a very big yeah, thing. And you're I'm like, taking on yep. quite a behemoth, sir. Yep. <laughs> so I hope I have enough stuff. I uh, it's one of those things where you have to cut down certain aspects of your research. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, and unless you don't know. Yeah, and I also uh, side note, I gave you, I suggested certain episodes on another podcast. Yes. The, a podcast that is dedicated to the first century of Hollywood called, yes. of course, You Must Remember This, hosted by Karina Longworth. Fucking amazing. It's, it's one of my favorites. I am yes. obsessed with that podcast. I can't wait for the new season. It's very good. One of my I favorites was, was uh, of course, the Charles Manson series. The Joan Crawford series yes. was amazing. And the Dead Blondes. I mean, it's... She's it's, amazing. Yes. Anyway. And the dead... I mean, just the... And the music she has in the background. It just goes so well with everything. Mm-hmm. But, uh... So I uh, unfortunately I don't have any cool tunes I can put on the background to kind of give you the. It's not that theme. kind of show. <laughs> well, exactly. This I'm, isn't this isn't last podcast on the left. We're not all fancy. No. Yes. You can sing for us. <laughs> you can sing for us. Hey, yes, oh. Ian has a beautiful voice. <laughs> How dare you? Oh, you have such an ugly voice. Don't sounds... you dare sign me up for. <laughs> I have not had enough wine yet. Jesus. Chug, chug. You right. did bring two bottles, right? <laughs> Well, I brought one, one for you and one for me. <laughs> mm, got you, one. got you, got you. <laughs> well, since you are partaking in part of mine, I will talk partake in part of yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, okay. Uh, so, history of cinema. Uh, basically, cinema had several uh, precursors that really helped kick off this uh, idea. For example, there was theater, shadowography, which was basically hand shadows used in prehistoric times. Against, like, the fire lights and everything. Yeah, okay. So, uh, and then imagine... Oh, like hand puppets and shit. Or not hand shadows against the rock. It was pretty much like that. Like, hand shadows against the rock. And you can do a bunny and stuff like that. That's what was, like, their form <laughs> You can do a bunny. Yeah, you totally can. What? You guys never done you that? Could do, no, that's the, that's the first thing. That that's they... the first thing. Or a dog. Mm-hmm. So, uh... <laughs> I mean, possibilities are really endless. Uh, <laughs> there was also, uh thing called magic lantern which was a type of projector that would project images in the 17th century and it was okay. like it would cast it on to a uh, basically wall or whatever and uh, the first magic lanterns uh shows seemed to have been used by self-proclaimed magicians it was people like oh yeah i look how many things i can summon and it's just like yeah, snake oil type people yes back then. and uh so basically they're like i can conjure death itself and so they would have like these monsters like getting conjured up on screens and people would be like oh my god magician oh my god a monster of it's light so real <laughs> uh why am i not dead <laughs> why is he just staying there stationary but uh the first moving kind of picture uh was created by christian with two a's and then I can't say his... Well, that's not Christian. <laughs> Chris John. There you go. Is that... That's... <laughs> uh, Huygens in 1659, which would show a skeleton taking off hat and putting it back on again. Oh, nice. So that was like <sighs> like next generation entertainment right there. You can watch that for hours, really. <laughs> uh, so after this, in the 1700s, more and more people stepped away from using mag- magic lanterns to scare people. And it started to become kind of a tool for education. Hence, they would kind of put up planets in the solar system, what they knew at the time, and be like, here's our solar system. And it was stuff they would draw, of course. But And so in the 19th century, uh, 
the magic lantern technique evolved into including dissolving views that would help create dazzling effects uh, for the time. So exam- for an example, it would show like the weather, it would show snow falling and it would be like a, just a picture of just snow falling and that would be like the, and it would you would see the motion of snow. Yeah, but it would be of course like kind of abrupt. It wouldn't be like a smooth image, but it was like they transported choppy. Yeah, choppy kind of thing. Like like the first bits of film. Exactly. Like, like those silent movies that are kind of jerky. Yes. Like and before the twenties and the nineteen teens, they were all like mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> and they're like moving super fast and jerky. Yep. Exactly. And so we jumped to the eighteen nineties and the horse aspect of the cinema was kind of gone. They kind of moved away from the magicians, monsters, and the demons, and death itself. And they kind of uh, became traveling exhibits. And these exhibits would usually have a single scene that was about a minute long and usually showed normal life, a public event, or some sort of like slapstick comedy humor. And it would only be a minute long, but people would be enthralled by it. They would think yeah, that's the coolest thing. Because they'd never seen these. anything yes. like that before. And it was just like, wow. <laughs> this is way better than the newspaper. This is some witchcraft. No, there was no witchcraft. Uh, the so basically, I mean, maybe, (laughs) and of course, (laughs) right? And of course, uh, these videos were black and white without sound. Uh, the exhibits became more and more popular, and to keep up the demand, the cinema that oof, cinema was created. Cinema, you almost said seminal, (laughs) seminal was created, or or semen. I don't know, (laughs) that's a stretch, but yeah. Uh, one of the first permanent theaters to show only movies was called the Nickelodeon. Yeah, and I I did not know that. I was just like, yeah. Wow. You remember? Have you seen? You've seen Titanic, right? Yes. Remember when Rose is coming down the stairs when Jack was invited to the big fancy dinner after yes. saving her life, and he like did this like gesture thing that she that she saw him do, and so he like laughs and goes like, oh, I saw that on a Nickelodeon once, and always wanted to do it. And that was in 1912. Ah, connections. Yeah. I didn't, okay. I don't remember that part, but now when you scroll back to it. I just remember when everybody was obsessed with that movie back in the 90s. That was a good movie. Uh, yes, it was, and the and it was also a, a huge technological advancement yes. at the time. That's also why it was. Didn't so they spend more money on the actual movie itself than it took to build the Titanic? Like, uh, actually, I'm I don't know. I think I actually. read that somewhere, but I don't quote me on that. <laughs> I know that in 2006, Nicole Kidman was making 40 million a film. Ah, around that at least. I read that in an Italian newspaper when I was living in Italy. So damn, if the Italians got it right. Then... <laughs> For an exchange. All right, sorry. Tangent upon tangents. Go on. But, uh, <laughs> uh, so the Nickelodeon opened in P- Pittsburgh in 1905. It played several small films that would fill at least an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. And these short films. That's actually quite extensive for that time. Oh, yeah. But sorry. it would be a number of just short films, like, packed onto another one reel. And, uh, the short films would be changed out every week or so as audience became, became bored with it. And of course, uh, it was uh, still very popular. But one of the, like the most not full length films, but one of the the films that kind of started it off was a French film that I think you probably you guys probably heard of this, A uh, Trip to the Moon. I have yeah. yes, and it's uh, it was basically like these people who took a trip to the moon. It was these astronauts or astronomers they used, and they uh, found uh, lunar. What was the words they used? A lunar inhabitants, and they captured one, and that moon was people, movie. moon people, and it was it was very cool. It was on Netflix for a little bit. I don't know if it still is, but I remember it check I checked it out for uh, for a tick, and it was actually it was pretty awesome. I mean, for oh, yeah? its time, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it actually shows like. The, and what year did that come out again? Nineteen oh two. Nineteen oh two. And it actually shows, and which is wow. like the cover of this movie is like a 
spaceship landing on the moon, but the moon's a face and it's in like the the moon's eye. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I know it's what you're just such about. a That's like so, well so, known, right? It's so iconic that it's so associated with French too. Exactly. Like you see that and you're like, oh, that's a French moon. Yeah, I've heard that before. I don't know if that's like <laughs> that's a, a wide. French moon. No, I've heard that. Really? I don't know if that's like a wide thing, but it's like, oh, you see that image from the movie and it's like associated with French and filmmaking. Oh, very so. cool. Okay, I didn't know that. Kind of like how uh, Nosferatu, Nosferatu is associated with uh, wherever the fuck that was filmed. I can't remember if it was Romania or Latvia. I want to say Romania. Germany. But I, don't I think know. maybe it was Germany. Germany? No. I, I can't say, remember. I want to say Romania because that's just a vampire place to me. <laughs> that's just a vampire place <laughs> to me. It just sounds it. like vampires so, are located there. People in Romania listening to this are all like, that's fuck so. That guy. Oh, we hate Bram Stoker. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, in a trip to the moon, it was a it was a silent film, but they used an orchestra to keep the audience enthralled. Uh, most countries use this technique, and along with cue cards to state any sort of dialogue that was uh, used within the film, uh, and the, which was I thought was pretty interesting. Japan used human narration, and no one else did. And it was like they figured out how to do human narration, and so so human what. Like, people narrating the film. So if, like... they Now, it wasn't, like, during the entire time, but they were able to put it... it they weren't able to, like, film someone talking, but they were able to film their own voices and put it within the movie. Oh, put it on, like, the Yes, track. and they were the gotcha. first country that ever did that. China. And, uh, uh, Japan. Oh, Japan. Okay. Oh, and we still... <laughs> we still struggled with uh, figuring out how to do that and everything. Which I don't know why we didn't communicate, but like, hey, what's your secret? But... It's whatever. Because every time we did it, we would... We'd... But it's whatever. <laughs> it's fine. We figured it out. I love the out. research. <laughs> no, we, uh, we figured it out along the way, of course. Or we something. Had... <laughs> uh, Why this is a silent film... Uh, I said that. By 1910, as more and more cinemas across the nation uh, begin to open, actors begin to receive credit for their roles, and this movie started to born. Especially as movies became longer with more proper plots. So these were more, they actually got credited for their roles before the movie, and people actually had these names in their head before, and they're like, oh yeah, that person. Yeah, these calcified ideas of who they were in Ex- the movie. Exactly. Yeah. And then uh, by 1910, uh, actually 1923, cinemas uh, started putting sound in their movies. So that was pretty cool. That was a stepping stone. And with the camera... Uh, Making also, talkies. They were called talkies, talkies. They? Yes, talkies. And uh, when the camera became more advanced, it also helped film a lot. Because originally, you can just put the uh, camera stationary. That's all you could do. You can't really move it around. Mm. If you did, oh, it could become yeah. really, really oh, shaky. And uh, so this basically, they uh, implemented an idea so they can move the camera a lot, like, a lot easier. And do like panoramas. Or they can pan over in the scene, and they don't have. It's a lot. It's a lot less shady. fade to billowing curtains. Yes, and uh, it became a lot of. It's just a lot easier, and that's become like movies became a lot more evolved and a little more enthralling. Yes, and it had people follow along a lot better. And uh, so, with all of this like popularity and evolution in our film, uh, the birth uh, basically industries were getting told you need at least you have to have a quota and these quotas for large industries were two reels a week and smaller companies only had to make one a week but this is how like booming our like film but industry companies was. like like studios or producers studios and producers yeah okay. there's none that really is like around today unfortunately they all kind of either changed their names there was mgm was one of the like the original og ones 
but I couldn't find any other ones that were like today and still used. But uh, in the early 20th century, before Hollywood was even a thing, uh, film the filmmaking capital was set to Fort Lee, New Jersey. And winter oh. time, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Con- easy place. And in the winter time, they would have trouble like where to film, and so they wanted a sunny location. And so they filmed their winter, uh, their rental film location was Jacksonville, Florida. And this <laughs> That's beca- still not even close. Had <laughs> <laughs> it was warmer, cheap labor, and good access to traveling. Wait, cheap labor, like, what does that mean? Like, who were they hiring? Well, there was some uh, <laughs> industry. Was like, it like the same as like today, where people complain about like, oh, and oh no, it was like, like hiring people. It was who cheaper. Are, people it don't was, have paper, so they it, could pay them less. Or? No, it was film, so everyone was kind of like, yeah, I'll do it no matter what, and because they, they wanted to be movie stars, and that was this idea that you're having this new. Industry you're getting coming paid to your location. Yeah, yes. Gotcha. And then everyone okay. was so enthralled by this. They're like, absolutely, I want to be a movie star. And they didn't really care. Like, it wasn't the yeah. first time this industry kind of came to town. And all they. And this is all pre code, isn't it? Pre code? Pre code, like ethics code. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. They didn't really yeah, have, okay. have any ratings well, or yeah. anything. And uh, so Jacksonville was coined the winter film capital of the world. And the location in Jacksonville was also pretty important to the African American film industry. As prominent producer Richard Norman casted a string of black actors to play in roles that they wouldn't tip, that that were weren't degrading and they were more positive roles. So, you know how we saw like movies like back in the day was uh, Birth of a Nation where they, they have were like, always a servant, yes, or a slave, or, or like the bad attacker, guy, yes, the rapist, the, yeah, 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 exactly. So this, uh, which I thought was pretty neat, was that he always hired uh, black actors to p- film more pro- like positive roles, mm-hmm. which was. Nice. It was good to see, especially it's way ahead of its time, you know? Yeah. And, uh, of course, Jacksonville's conservative residents hated that the movie, that the movie uh, industry was there. They would film car chases, bank robberies. They saw it as violent. And so, uh, in Florida, they elected John Martin, who ran on a platform on controlling the movie industry. And during this time, Southern California was coming into its own in, as its own film industry. Mm-hmm. And both of these components kind of sealed the future for the film, the major film destination in uh, Florida, in Jacksonville, Florida. So with all this stuff, they're like, well, let's go to Southern California. Also very sunny climate. It was pretty mm-hmm. much the ideal place, uh, kind of desert in certain places, which is where they got the idea. In the of, east. Yes. And with, which is the way they got the idea of to film out like westerns and stuff like that. Yeah. Spawn Ranch. Yeah. <laughs> That's a Charles Manson reference right there. Spawn Ranch. Ooh dark uh <laughs> with uh uh of course with whatever was going on in the country this affected films for example in world war two <laughs> world war two we saw a lot of propaganda for american american patriotism yeah, yeah. so then we Ameri- saw all american yes bullshit yeah and uh we kind of started like seeing the movies would kind of go with the times so mm-hmm. like for example another example is like in the cold war era when many actors and producers and directors were getting blacklisted uh, the, and fleeing other countries, we saw a plethora of paranoia-type films, which included Invasion of the Body Snatchers as, war, as well as War of the Worlds. Mm-hmm. And it was just, and especially uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, like that was like a inspired by the Cold War and about this idea that everyone could be a communist and all this stuff. And you don't know who you know. Like, you don't know someone for sure. These fucking commies. Yeah. <laughs> and with all with all the people blacklisted, this closed down a lot of theaters as well as studios. 
And uh, studios really tried, the remaining ones, tried to entice people to come back to film. Uh, then they, tack they did this by tackling big epics, such as the Ten Commandments, which was uh, filmed in 1956. And this was the idea of bigger the better, because this movie was 200 and 220 minutes long. Oh my god. Yep. They thought to themselves, like, if we create a big movie with so much... Ugh. detail and so much shit like everyone's gonna love them even though they have to stay overnight probably. big big dramatic epics that reminds me the 50s was all about the, there was a certain portion where they were trying to go back to the big epics of like the 30s like Gone with the Wind with like Rain Tree County and Cleopatra and all that stuff yeah yeah Oh, yeah. Big costume dramas. Exactly. And they thought that, that would be a, a big draw for people. Another thing that they use kind of as a gimmick, as we can kind of see, it's still used today, is the use of 3D. And this was kind of like a, uh, a fad. It was didn't really stick around too much, especially back then. But in 1952 to 1954. And it resulted in the success for House of Wax and Creature from the Black Lagoon. Which I didn't even know House of Wax was originally filmed in 3D with the Vincent Price. Like, I have no idea. I actually didn't know that either. Yeah. Or that it, 3D was around in the 50s. Yeah. But it was a way that they really Yeah, I thought people. it was a major thing in the 80s. Yeah, well, it came back, but it was it was something that really enticed people, but it didn't really... It was just a fad, actually. That's weird. Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, But also in the 40s and 50s, there was like these other gimmicks, like vibrating seats and oh, stuff yeah. like that. And we see that today, too. Like, we have now seats that move around with the movie and everything called D-Box, I believe. Really? Yeah, well, God, it was a thing You know, and California. none of this is an original idea. Exactly, because it's just been cycled through, and that's what they it's do. It's just it more advanced like. now. Yeah, in a way. It seems like, yeah. But it doesn't really stick around. Because I remember that was a thing. It was like this new thing when I was in high school about these chairs that would move it with the... And you would get the vibrations from the movie and everything and it was about like five dollars more and i was just like this is a terrible waste of time but it just shows that they kind of cycle through different ideas and different you know paths. back in the day first class on a plane was just a larger seat now you get your own studio apartment <laughs> <laughs> but uh it's true it's very true absolutely anyway. uh in the 1960s the film industry. I'm, I'm, by the way, I'm gesturing to Chandel with my glass more wide. More wide. <laughs> like I'm, like I'm just lord and master. <laughs> All right, sorry. Thank you, Shandy. <laughs> uh, so in the 1960s, the film industry was starting to decline more and more as films were being filmed in other countries, and Hollywood was just uh, kind of a place to churn out family movies. Yeah. And just like, and so these are the. This was a time we saw a lot of Disney movies, Mary Poppins. Mm, I love Mary Poppins. I grew up on Mary Poppins. I think I've seen it a couple times. I love Mary Poppins. I <laughs> did not classic. watch Sound of Music that much, though. Really? I watched Sound of Music first before Mary Poppins. Really? I'm, yeah. Mar I'm a Mary Poppins guy. Uh-huh. Not because I hate Sound of Music. I don't hate it, but I just, I've watched that one You're, more. Exactly. And you have that tie to your child, that nostalgic. Just, yeah. <laughs> anyway. But, uh... So, the MPA was rewritten in 1968, and so the 70s, this is where we saw a kind of step away from the family happy-go-lucky type of movies, and oh, this is yeah. where they started going into the more graphic Very movies. gritty, Gre exactly. dirty city in New York type movies. Exactly. Godfather type, yeah. And so, uh, a couple of examples of these movies are Last House on the Left, Straw Dogs, and mm -hmm. Clockwork Orange. Mm -hmm. Which I haven't seen Clockwork Orange. Oh, Clockwork Orange in the sixties. That is amazing. Everyone says it's so amazing. But it is iconic. It, but I heard it's like super fucking like 
it pushes the boundary oh, even it's for disturbing. today. Oh, yeah, it's, it's for super sure disturbing. disturbing. And I like what? But it's good. A woman gets destroyed and killed with a big statue of a penis. Oh yeah, I saw that. Like in a clip. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that's a big iconic <laughs> moment. Uh, if you read the book, you, the the book's really <gasps> fucked up too. Oh good. Oh no. Have you read, you have no, read I've it. not read no, the book. I've read the book. It's 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 even more fucked up. They cut shit out. They they All made right. it tame. <laughs> yeah, no, they did. Oh Plus, Jesus. Little, yeah. Anyway. Well, I guess I have to watch that when I. I now okay. You know, funny. We're talking about the movie Clockwork Orange. Yeah. And now I want to watch Rosemary's Baby after we're done recording this podcast. I don't know what the fuck that movie has to do with the other. It nothing. But now I just want to watch that movie. <laughs> I've never watched it. Let's. Watch it. <gasps> You've never oh, watched you're seen in Rosemary's for a treat. Baby. <gasps> oh my god, ladies and gentlemen, I'm showing my best friend that fucking movie when we're done here, guys. <laughs> no. Good oh, things are happening. Oh my Good god. Good things are in the works. Oh He's my like, god. You showed me a uh, sense and sensibility. I did show you. I did show her Sense and Sensibility. Right. Yeah. 1995. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good chick flick. Period. Peace. Chick flick. Anyway. Shout out to that. That's awesome. Uh, anyways, uh, as more and more people came back to film, uh, yeah, we started sorry. seeing a, a boom. Oh, no, you're totally good. What? <laughs> uh, we started seeing, like, a boom back in Hollywood, and more blockbusters came out. Uh, and Star Wars was one of this kind of pinnacle film that changed how we marketed things and how we produced things. It wasn't as... Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I'm, the reason I'm pointing at Shannon and pointing at you is because you mentioned Star Wars. Shandell's husband is obsessed. Loves. Yeah. Oh my. Oh. Love Star Wars. Wait. Okay. How? No. Oh. But he is about it. About. I don't want to get on. Like, but like, and how do you guys like the last movie? Oh. <laughs> Same. Okay. That's all I have to say. Same. Yeah. It wasn't. I. Was it kind of disappointing? It was very disappointing. Same. Okay. Thank God. I love Luke. So I know. Much. And, and then she like was acting like a rebellious teenager in that movie and it's like no why did you do that to him? <laughs> he digressed as a character rather than in like continued on and it Although, was very i like the is way... digress the right word digressed as i think regressed ah uh, yeah <laughs> okay i like the Sorry. way he the movie kind of ended with him though yeah like, i don't want to spoil it exactly i i didn't mind that so much but Everything leading up to it, I wasn't a fan of. No, it was uh, okay. But yeah, sorry, I had to get that. No, uh, that's fine. No, Shandell, yeah. tell him my. I got I got Christmas presents, of course, for both you and your husband. You got a, my DVD of Sense and Sensibility because yes. I know you love that movie. And then I also got your husband what because he loves it so much. I uh, Salt and Pepper Shakers of R two D two and the Evil R two D two, which is called R two D four or whatever. Oh, I cannot remember the black what one. The black, black one. one. Yeah. Oh, that sounds bad. Yeah. Okay, don't. I didn't, didn't know. Wow, that, but he but it's made of black metal. It's painted black, not white. It's, oh, Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, you can argue that, like, you know, the dark side is evil or it's actually not evil. You know, like, there's there's a lot that can go into that. Okay, so, no, thank like, you for trying to save me. The black one. Right, <laughs> now you can send those emails to me. We're getting emails. I'm, it's Ian, Ian at historicalmysterious at uh, gmail.com, historical with a Y. Instead of an I at the beginning. Wait, you say Ian? Historical Mysterious? I said Historical Mysterious oh. at gmail.com. Send those emails to me, Ian. Got if it. If you have a problem with what I just said, because you know what I'm saying. And if you don't know what I'm saying, then you're stupid. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> uh, so it's basically more people came back to Hollywood. A lot more uh, Hollywood kind of focused on, after Star Wars, they kind of focused on these big Hollywood blockbusters. 
So they produce these big movies in uh, a smaller number so they can focus on them. Mm-hmm. And then they just had a large budget for marketing things and everything. So it was a, it was kind of a, a different direction that they used rather than churning out movies as much as they can, which is what we saw in a lot of disaster movies such as like the Towering Inferno that presided an adventure. They're like, how about we just focus on these big blockbusters Mm-hmm. And then market him a whole shit ton, and then we'll get this whole like a lot of money for it, and that's what worked with Star Wars. And like, let's just keep doing this. Uh, so basically, in the 1980s, the VCR was uh, caught on, <laughs> and it was very popular amongst audiences. And this is a big reason why the porn uh, porn cinemas got closed down was because VCRs and people can actually watch- VHS. I'm getting it in the mail. Right, they can watch the porn at home. Yeah. So I thought that was they're a little gonna they dig fact. out in public because it's private. <laughs> but and uh, so I just there wasn't a whole bunch that happened after that. Really, it was just basically the same old, same old. But I think what was interesting is what we see in Hollywood. We're kind of seeing a tra- they go through different transitionary phases, I guess. And I think we're seeing one now today where a lot of cinemas are losing money, and they mm-hmm. don't they they have an idea of what it is it's a lot of hollywood going back to the idea of churning out as many movies as they can it's not very yeah good. it's not bringing in the type of uh and people are catching on where it's like you're gonna give us a shit movie i'm not gonna spend the money shout out you're to already par- charging what 12 15 at a matinee exactly no and so that's why a lot of cinemas are suffering and we also see that in streaming services are also taking a lot of uh movies because yeah. people are like i'll just wait for it to come and, on Netflix and they're or creating something. their own shows and adding already existing shows exactly and it's like oh 15 a month fuck yeah yeah i don't need to go anywhere <laughs> exactly and so this is uh, i guess as like what i learned after like watching all like learning about all this history of uh theaters and everything is that we're definitely going through that kind of phase again and mm-hmm. we may see yeah maybe a better outcome in it or we may see a lot more of like hey we have 3d films <laughs> or something some sort of gimmicky gimmicky stuff of things and i don't know which way it'll go but it'll be interesting to see i guess but yeah that's pretty much uh as concise as a history as i can get (laughs) there's a whole bunch of other stuff no oh my lord (laughs) but that was pretty much my consensus well that's really good that's i mean for to put it in the amount of time 25 20 almost 30 minutes i mean that's but really yeah, good. I didn't yeah. make it as concise as possible. People, if I like left some stuff out, they're like, hey, you didn't bring up this. Hey, you didn't. My bad. <laughs> well, Ian would be the main audience for that, though. He'll definitely point out. Yeah, that right. in cinema. <laughs> exactly. Oh. That's his area. Oh, yeah. Well, but I brought yes. up some shit, but I didn't want to, you know, outdo you. This is, hey, this is a podcast about information. That's okay. All right. Well, that was awesome. Awesome history. On to mystery. And since I'm mystery this week, I will go on and mystify your asses. Oh. Um, Well, (laughs) this week I decided, well, I had two topics. Well, I have two topics. Had two topics. But I'm only doing one for the show. The first one, I... I'm not going to name it because I'm still going to do it, but it's like it was a huge behemoth. And also I really wasn't into it as much as when I originally found it. And I, and it's not that it's bad or I, I just don't like it. It's just, you know how you lose interest and you gain interest again. And yeah. it's just, yeah. And exactly. I don't want to research and present something that I'm not as into as I was before. Be passionate or could about be again. Yeah. So I decided to go for something else on the list that I liked better in the moment. And is also a lot shorter because I was lazy today or this week (laughs) and i am doing the baltic sea anomaly 
Ooh, sounds mysterious. Dun dun. Why is it Law and Order with you I, every what? time? Is it? <laughs> um, but the Baltic Sea anomaly, and if you know the Baltic Sea, the Baltic Sea is between Sweden and uh, a few other Eastern European countries, including Latvia and Got others. It. Yeah. Okay. It's up there. And uh, I will just start. In June of 2011, in the center of the Bothnian Sea, around the northern portion of the Baltic Sea, on the ocean floor, lies a large structure that was discovered by a man named Peter Lindbergh mm. um, and Dennis Asberg. And they were both explorers, as well as, uh, I guess you could call... I don't call them pillagers. That might sound a little <laughs> insulting, but salvagers, Got if you will, okay. of uh, uh, wrecks, shipwrecks, okay. and, and fallen things. You know, they discover different things on the ocean floor. Uh, they specifically specialize in finding old uh, alcoholic beverages, like in barrels or glass bottles, I guess, and, and old artifacts. You know, got it. These are the kind of people that inadvertently discover, you know, stuff on the bottom floor with, yep. besides old shipwrecks, the things in them. That you know, sounds like the best job. I was literally just saying, thinking that. Yeah, I well, listening to this other podcast, I really like. I, I like the NPR. I think it's an NPR podcast or something. Um, the uh, stuff you missed in history class. They did a unearthed. That's not NPR. Oh, that's not NPR. Yeah, I know what is it? It's, it's because stuff is like oh how stuff works yeah how stuff works it's sorry like thank you it's thing. that yeah. the how stuff works network got yeah. it um the uh, i don't know why i thought npr well they kind of sound a little like maybe a little to kind of yeah um but it's they're part of the how stuff works network and they have these series called unearthed and they talked about uh one shipwreck that uh, had some salvaged items from it was a trunk that was full of dresses. Oh, wow. Beautiful, elaborate dresses. So obviously there was like a grand lady that was traveling on this ship and all her stuff and it sank. Um, and so they, and, and because it was in such a cold area and in these trunks, it was very well preserved. So they were able to lay them out and you could see even different parts of the artifacts and stuff. It was really wow. cool. It just kind of reminded me, these are kind of like those people, but maybe a little bit more casual. I don't know. Okay. Um, but uh, they also had a team of divers called, and I like this name, Ocean X. Nice. Right? Sounds like an elite crew. It does. <laughs> they weren't. Um, no, they might have been. I don't know. I don't mean to cast aspersions, but whatever. Uh, they were the diving team that were along with them when they made the discovery. Um, and this shipwrecks, alcohol, uh Dennis Asberg himself specifically made the discovery with sonar, um, and he said, quote, uh, to uh, a news station later, there is a mountain. It could be 20 to 25 meters tall with a canyon in the middle of it, and below it, a lot of loose rocks. Oh. So this large single structure on top of a whole bunch of small rocks, you know, that's pretty peculiar in yeah. and of itself. Uh, he also said, quote, there is also what seems to be a trail behind it, um, about a thousand feet long and as wide as the anomaly itself, about 200 feet. Uh, there is another trail that also leads to another object. What, uh, the, uh, the second object actually was something that they noticed right away along with the anomaly, but they didn't pay as much attention to it because it wasn't as peculiar as the initial thing that they discovered. But I'll, I'll, I'll get thing. into that. Yeah, it's it's huge. Yeah, huge. Uh, <laughs> yes, very much so. Unlike forty five's penis. All right. Um. 
They found the second object in the same time, but didn't pay as, as... Okay, this is what I said before. They didn't pay as much attention to it due to their fascination with the first uh, object. And then I will... Wait, hold on. I'm looking for the right... All right, never mind. Okay, uh, I, I was, was on like, like a, a page. Picture? Did you get a show or something? No, it wasn't a picture. Well, I'll show you pictures here in a oh, minute. Hell yeah. I was looking for a specific quote on my screen, but it wasn't that much of an important one, and I was like, fuck it. <laughs> um, so, page turn. Oh, yeah, I have handwritten notes, and I'm going referring to my computer because, like I said, I procrastinated and whatever. <laughs> um, okay, so the reason this anomaly is so fascinating is because it is a large disc or, or mushroom-like disc because it's all it's rounded all around. Got it. So it's in kind of in the shape of like a flat stone that you would skip across a river or something. Oh. But it's perfectly round and it's huge. What? Um, and it looks like ooh, 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 okay. So I wrote it here. It basically looks a lot like the Millennium Falcon from Star Wars. What? You know what? I'm going to show it to you right now. That is so this cool. This is the point where I show you pictures. Oh, picture time. Baltic sea anomaly. And they have like the actual picture of the disc itself. Uh, yeah. Well, some images. What? And this picture will be going on your Instagram, right? Yes. Perfect. Well, uh, I don't know which one yet, but yeah. Okay. So the, here's pictures of it for you guys yeah. here Ooh. in the studio. That you does look like the Millennium Falcon. That seriously does. That's so cool. I what? Solo was in there. <laughs> I would some hope not. Now some of these Im- <laughs> images are illustrations, but this right here is the sonar image. Wow! Maybe and look at that. Frozen. That's yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh-huh. between the second and third movie. <laughs> um, but okay. So now let's step back a minute. Uh, we, you know, let's remember we've only explored about five percent of the entire of all of our oceans. So there's. Plenty of room to discover new shit. You know, this really shouldn't be as surprising as we all see it as. Um, although, I mean, the Millennium I Falcon. Think, I know. He's like, oh, it's casual. It's just the Millennium Falcon. But, you know, so it's perfectly plausible, you know, that we would be discovering new things all the time. You know, I mean, after all, we're constantly discovering, you know, newfangled creatures down there, like, uh, you know, weird octopi with a million teeth oh, yeah. and bioluminescent lobsters and shit. I like any of so, that. Have you ever seen a blobfish? Uh, yes. yes. Oh, That's ugliest, weird. ugliest blobfish. They look so sad. Ugliest fucking fish. I would be sad too if I look like it's that. It's like someone hurt them. All of it, them. It would hurt. <laughs> it would hurt. There's, it's you're so I ugly. Need to it be hurts. Down here in the depths in the dark because nobody needs to see this. <laughs> They're so weird. I need to be down here or at a Walmart. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, but anyway, long story short, so it's not amazing that we discovered something new, basically. But what is interesting is the type of discovery this time. Not a new creature to add to the species list or a shipwreck of centuries centuries past uh, containing forgotten treasures, but a 26-foot-tall, apparently stone disc that is rounded all around, like I said, like a mushroom or uh, something like that. And... Uh, has, yeah, still rounded all around like a flying saucer, which I'll, there's more on that. 
with extremely straight lines and grooves with a small holes and domes that are perfectly round and a perfectly cut rectangle on one side uh, with smooth edges, as well as what seems to be a staircase on one one of its sides. Yeah, this doesn't look like it's... I mean, if it was all some geological picture, thing... That's, that's the rectangle cut out, that's the little staircase. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. That's one of the little domes on top, and it's like perfectly round. It's I know, it feels like if the, this is not... Um, this is something man-made, it has to be. Of course, as you might imagine, this gave way to many conspiracy theories regarding different governments, private organizations, and yet again... Aliens. Um, there were, I, you know, this should just this podcast should really just be called Historical Mysterious, the podcast about aliens. Because <laughs> I swear to God, every other episode I'm bringing up fucking aliens. Well, I just bring up dead people, so I mean, we all have a podcast about things. fucking dead people and aliens. What's up? Well, um, you're unexplained, you know. Of course, the next thing to go to is aliens. Hey, I'd say so. <laughs> Uh, there were also reports from Lindbergh and different dive teams that claimed any electrical device, like a cell phone, ceased to function properly or at all whilst over the anomaly. But when ventured approximately 200 feet away, all devices seemed to work again. Wow, like and that. it's like a set thing for everyone. And when crossing over it again, all devices malfunctioned until across and away from it. I like that. I don't like that at all. So that's a little odd. That's, that's a little terrifying. strange. Why is yeah. that But regardless of all this uh, hoopla, <laughs> uh, in all actual fact, there are actually several areas where devices malfunction and the sonar equipment Lindbergh's team used was not properly wired or, f- or functioning adequately. Oh. Samples taken by divers were given to a geologist that works for Stockholm University by the name of Volker Bruchert or Bruchert I'm going to go with Bruchert and he stated uh, let me find it real quick nope not that one uh, let me find what he said ah oh, damn anticipation's killing me <laughs> it's killing me too oh yeah okay so uh, basically, he chalked it up to a lava formation or lava rocks in a formation. Wow, that's a very convenient mm-hmm. lava rock. Uh, a basaltic rock managed to sneak in among the samples, which is kind of cool since it made a lava formation. Mm, but it's not really that wacky because this is part of a huge glacier area in Got the it. last ice age. And so he predicts that, you know, this is all material that was left over from the last ice age. And basically this volcanic rock, or maybe the anomaly, the whole thing itself, was carried over on top of a glacier, and then when the glaciers melted, it was left there. That's a possibility. All right. Um, And that also is, right now, among all the mainstream world, the generally accepted idea. Because when samples were taken, it was black rocks that they didn't know what it was at first. And then when they did samples, it was like, oh, this is volcanic, but that's not around here. So So it was probably like How did it get here? And they're thinking that, yeah, like it was been there for over 140,000 years and it was brought over by glaciers. Got it. Okay. But there's also a slew slew of other theories. Um, You know, these many... uh, Many people that are, you know, in the conspiracy theory circles say something like um, an analogous to a uh, 
Sorry, no, these are the explanations that are more scientific, that are more of the mainstream. Sorry. Okay. Uh, something analogous to a lava dome, uh, an inactive hydrothermal vent, oh. or a glacial uh, detritus from the last ice age, a moraine, basically. A moraine. Brought over from the glaciers. Got it. Now, the other unlo- – now, these are the unlikely explanations from the kooks. Or the conspiracy oh, they're the kooks. <laughs> Sorry. Um, a round-holed 19th century Russian ironclad ship, a.k.a. Uh, Popovka. Uh, this is this is almost immediately debunked yeah. because there were only two of these ships that were ever built, and they both ended up scrapped. Oh, I see. So, and no. what an interesting ship. Like, what? Uh, yeah. Uh, an extraterrestrial spaceship, though this was pretty much debunked by the 2012 dives, which established that it was made of stone. Yeah. Oh, but guess what? Uh, an, extraterr- an extraterrestrial spaceship made of stone. <laughs> Take that, motherfucker. How about that? Made it's stone. made of stone. Yeah, What's we, up? We're aliens. We Just have a propulsion pro- system to fly our ship of stone through space and your oceans. I'm not even going to hear it. Disprove us now. Um, a prehistoric archaeological site submerged due to rising sea levels. Unlikely as the Baltic Basin was heavily gla- uh, glaciated during the last ice age, thereby effacing any evidence of human occupation. The great weight of ice depressed the landmass so that it was replaced with water when the ice melted. Oh. So, and actually also, um, the the sea level there is effectively falling currently, oh. not rising. Okay. So it wouldn't, it, yeah. Yeah. Um, at, or a remnant of a prehistoric super civilization. Atlantis. Basically, yeah. yeah. Something like that. Really unlikely. <laughs> or... Cthulhu or Cthulhu's resting place. I like that one the most. That's yeah, my favorite. No, I one. love. Yeah. I think that's no the a fictional one. monster created <laughs> by um, uh, Lovecraft by H.P. Lovecraft. His resting place is fucking at the bottom of the Baltic Sea. <gasps> yes. Oh, that's a good ending to that story. I like that. <laughs> Let's I'm just, gonna I'm gonna go with Cthulhu. I think that's the most like I'm going with reasonable Cthulhu. explanation for this entire thing. That's his home, and he comes yeah. out. I don't know. You just that whole in. disc thing, it's a door. He just flips it up. Yep. He's like, here I am. He's like, <laughs> Piss me off, bitch. I'll come back out. <laughs> just wait. <gasps> what a cool... Um, but that's basically... Um, those are all the theories surrounding about what it could be. Um, I And also, the glacier idea, the reason I think the mainstream world is going with that one primarily is also because they all the intricate designs and straight lines and, yeah. and ridges in it were created by the glacier ice like i guess carving it out or scraping it out yeah. over time or something could be. i'm not sure i mean it, it, but it's very i mean look up yeah. ladies and gentlemen look up pictures of it it's crazy it looks like a, a round computer chip it, yeah it, it's straight lines a staircase round up like it's crazy it looks like someone actually carved it to be honest i mean it could be very well glacier yeah. but that's just how crazy it is like that has to be the most accurate glacier yeah of all time it was aliens aliens <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. and what also if- with the trail behind it Oh, and if you look up uh, footage that, like, mock-up footage that was digitized to look at it or and fo- other sonar photographs by other teams, there's, like I said, the thousand-foot trail behind it like it was, like, a landing strip practically. It also goes through, like, a mace or mason uh, thing on the ocean floor, structure yeah. on the ocean floor, like, and that the path, like, goes through it. 
Oh wow! So it like it looks like it might have knocked some of it out, like it like plunged through the water down to the floor and like skidded on the bottom because it was going so fast from space or something. Wow. That's what a lot of those theorists have. That's pretty interesting. Well, the whole, the whole path behind it is kind of tricky itself. I mean, it could very well be. The but there's another path out. leading to another object that isn't round. And and did they ever get photos of that one? I didn't look up. I couldn't really find photos of the other object, or if I did, it was with the other, the main anomaly as the primary focus. So got it. So we're not too yeah. sure of what that could be. I yeah, mean, and okay. also because it wasn't round, it didn't look too unnatural or whatever compared to the main anomaly. Got it. Uh, it wasn't as much of a focus. Yeah, kind of like good. with Lindbergh and his team and stuff. But the anomaly itself is, and it's pretty big. Yeah, like you know the 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 star platform on Liberty Island that the Statue of Liberty is on. Yeah, that's a, about as big around as that is. That's about as big oh, around that as is... the anomaly is. It's big. It's about two hundred feet across. Yeah. Yeah, about, that is and it's gigantic. about 26 feet tall. No, without a doubt, it holds Cthulhu. Cthulhu from space. No, Cthulhu from Lovecraft. Yeah, but he... he Did Cthulhu space. come from space? I thought he came from another dimension. I Yeah, no, reasonable, but I'm just going to make my, my own theory. You know what? He has his new home now. Yeah. <laughs> That's all that matters. Here on Earth, and he's sleeping soundly. Let's not wake him. Yeah, no, let's not wake him. <laughs> let's not touch it. <laughs> But yeah, no, that's pretty much my mystery. Oh, Kept it shorter this week, you know. That's wild, though. That has an impact because it just makes you—it yeah. makes you realize like how much stuff is really undiscovered in our seas. We really don't know. Yeah, it's incredible. Like I would love to just be the person that discovers all that stuff, but I'm really scared of sharks and and just like keep like any creepy crawly things in the water that I don't know about. Or the water pressure yeah. and the water pressure. And just the deeper you go and stuff, yeah. If someone could guarantee, like, if I could be in like a suit that like nothing can penetrate the suit i would totally do it in a heartbeat yeah oh like, definitely i want like a bear suit like the, i'm going into a different tangent but i'm afraid <laughs> of bears and it's kind of the same thing like i'm afraid of like sharks like when i'm going swimming in the ocean but i'm really afraid of bears and i love hiking and i really want a bear suit but it has to be breathable and if a bear is going to come in and attack me like it immediately lets off some kind of like roar honey you just said you wanted so, to wear fur that was breathable <laughs> stay at home suit. no 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 I, a bear suit that like not like an actual bear. It's like, comfortable. Like no, a, what I mean is like. It, oh, I thought you meant like Hercules bears. and shit. Like, like wearing a bear skin to, and everything. No, like if a bear came to attack me, like it wouldn't penetrate it. Just like, oh, gotcha. If I were swimming in the ocean, like if I had like a suit, like a shark suit, the shark wouldn't be able to attack. Yeah, you. yeah. exactly. Like it would be kind of cool if it like if like if they bit me or something, it would let off some kind of like. Chemical. Chemical. Yeah. yeah. Like mace. Like a bear oh, mace. A bear mace. I think you just mace? discovered a new idea. You heard I, here first. I'm full of ideas, guys, <laughs> by the way. Like, I need she to is an book. entrepreneur to the nth degree. I am telling you. <laughs> she has so many fucking ideas. Don't tell them on the podcast. I forget, and I forget all of them. <laughs> no, I probably should tell them on the podcast because someone can make it real for me, and I'd be so excited. And just give me some money. Like, yeah. That's all I'm asking just for, Just throw guys. me a bone, damn it. Listen, Shinda. Well, we can't even get fucking emails from these people. Okay, don't accept <laughs> <me>. <laughs> oh. Email us. <laughs> yes, email us. Yes, rate, review, subscribe. Thank you for listening. Yes. Um, you know, we it really... your entrepreneurial ideas. We promise we won't use them. 
Yeah, yeah. no, we yeah. won't use them at all. We promise. Yeah, <laughs> no. Uh, send us an email. Uh, I will provide a link to our email in the description of this podcast. Uh, but for those of you who don't know, it's historical mysterious at gmail.com. Historical spelled H Y S because we spelled it wrong. <laughs> you and spelled it wrong. Uh, like I said, rate, <laughs> review, subscribe. Please, please, please. It really helps. Tell your friends about us. Yes. Um, and yeah, that was this week's episode. Uh, say goodbye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and talk to you later. See you next week. Bye. Bye.